essentially what I want to talk about is putting the power back in your hands instead of saying, I don't know how to make money or I don't know how to get people to buy my art. I don't like where it's very out there instead of based on yourself. And so that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, before I get started, because it's always very helpful to know where your head's at, is there anything that you came to this call wanting to learn or hoping to hear about or any perceptions about anything, anything? Nope, nothing? Okay. So, I went over a couple different ways in my head about how I wanted to talk about this. And surprise, surprise, because I've been so obsessed with habits lately, that is the side that came out. So we're gonna be talking about one, two, three, four, five-ish habits to get more leads and also like what to do when your pipeline starts drying up. The idea is, to always have leads in your pipeline so that once you make a sale, get some money, finish your commission, whatever it is that you're doing, you don't then have to go, okay, now what? And then go figure it out. We wanna be to where, you know, we've got two or three months worth of leads to follow up with and we're always, recycling and doing more of those activities that create more. So it just keeps tacking on to the end. So we don't get to this point where we're like, you know what? Cause that sucks. We don't want to be there. Um, where do I want to start? Which one? So I'm going to talk about these in terms of habits. And then I'm also going to say which habits to do when the pipeline's drying up. That's what I'm going to do. So the very first thing that I wrote down is my, I wrote monthly interaction event. So if you think about the group invitations, the personal invitations that I've taught you, Casey, do you know about group and personal invitations? Sort of, kind of? Yeah, I think I've read or watched something recently um, and I'm about to get interrupted. So I'm listening. Okay. So you got, you got the gist or a little bit of the framework, okay. I think, well, actually my question would be like, um, interaction seems to be a different word than like invitation to me. So is group is. interaction like just showing up for something? All right, I'm gonna mute, I get it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so to answer your question, that's an excellent question. It is one and the same, but the reason why I didn't say group invitation is because I really wanted to be clear that there has to be interaction going on. There has to be conversations happening where you can almost suss out who has more interest than others. So um, I'm going to share my screen. I pulled up some, some things to reference. Um, so you guys have probably seen this. I did edit it just a tiny bit this morning, but invitations, those group invitations, fall under this visibility category, right? And so that is where you get to start talking with people, informing people, asking people if they'd like to hear more about it, 
So that is, it's just a much more simple way than only putting out the content and saying, hey, is anyone interested? Because people are really hesitant to connect through content and say, I'm interested, tell me more, I have questions. It does happen and we are going to do that. But if we're thinking about what is more effective, taking it down the side where you are personally having conversations with other people is going to be much more effective in finding out who is interested. And I know Monique is here that um, Monique's been practicing this, telling people what she does person to person. And I know that it's it may not be as fast as we want it to be, but it has been creating momentum for you. Would you say that's true? Yeah. How many sales do you think you've made or how much money do you think you've made from telling people what you do in the past couple of months? Can you quantify it? In the last couple of months, I mm -hmm. think, um, well, with this last action that I did, like the Stop Being Such a Hoarder live auction, I sold three artworks. And this was who, good job. Who, yeah, who, who I actually had spoken to. So yeah, so one actually did it before the auction and two others doing. So obviously they were really cheap. So I think in a total, we're talking about around a hundred euros. So it's mm -hmm. like, wow, big amount, but yeah. What about, um... I feel like there was a couple of other ones that happened over the past couple of months, but that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. My point is you do make money by telling people what you do and seeing what happens there. So um, I really want one of your habits to be some sort of interactive event. And if um, I know that some of the people in this group are like, I can't do something every month. I can only do something every three or four months. So in that instance, maybe it's something like Monique just did where she did a live and she was talking about things that she had for sale. So yes, that's a little bit more of an intimidating kind of thing, but you're able to get that back and forth interaction going on and you don't have to haul all your stuff to an event and set up and all of these kinds of things. So there are levels of how much time an interactive event can take. This is not necessarily a class about group invitations. Maybe we should have one coming up soon, but um, I just, I want to really hammer home that if you can do something interactive every month that is going to greatly assist in keeping your pipeline filled. Okay, number two. I don't know if you guys listened to the past calls or not, but in the pod call that I had last Thursday, I kind of went off on a tangent about how if I could get everyone into the habit of writing down their leads, we could double everyone's sales. And I truly, deeply believe that. And 
I honestly can't tell you why I do the exact same thing, but it's like, we're afraid of continuing that conversation, continuing to follow up with that person to the point where we get a no. Maybe we don't do that consciously, but it's more of a subconscious thing. So we just don't, unless they come to us and they're like, here's my money, take it. Then they kind of tend to fall by the wayside. Does anyone else do that? Yes. I see two yeses and there's two people here. So three out of three, 100% of us do that. I'm working on my own personal habits of creating a routine to follow up, writing their names down. Because even if someone says, yes, I'm interested, tell me more. If I don't hear back from them and I haven't written their name down, I can't remember who it is. Which sounds stupid, like, they wanted to give you money. How can you not remember who it is? Like this mental block just goes up. I wanted to show you that this week I created a sample follow-up schedule. You can find this on the, what do I do during the nurture time on my calendar, which is under engage your tribe. So I created a sample follow-up schedule for you. This is pretty much what I use. And I find it very effective and it's not so scary. It's just more about creating the time and the mental, not note, but this is what I'm going to do. If I wanna make money, this is my top priority. Do you guys wanna go over it real quick? Yeah, okay. Um, so first of all, you're gonna answer whatever question they ask. And then we're going to follow, or we're going to also have some sort of question in place, such as, out of curiosity, how are you planning to use this piece or what draws you to it? That gives you something to go off of. So it's not just, what is the price and size? And then you can't follow up and be like, I know you were really excited about this piece and the size of it. Like there's just nothing there. If they say, Let's say their question is, what is the size and price? Because those are easy questions. So you can say they're 24 by 24, it's $500. But just out of curiosity, how are you planning to use it? And then a clear request of how to get back to them or to you, for, of how they can get back to you. Such as, um, if you could, write me back in the next couple of days. I'm gonna be going out of town this weekend. So that would be super helpful. When you do that, there's a much better chance that they're actually going to write you back. What I say for myself is something like, and Casey, I might've even done this to you. If you could, um, if you could let me know whether you're a clear yes, a clear no, or a maybe because why, that would be super helpful so that I don't follow up and give you all the wrong information just so I know where you're standing. That's kind of my default and I really like it. It worked. <laughs> it worked. She's here. <laughs> um, so if they respond, you continue the conversation, whatever path that goes down. If they don't respond, and I, I wish I could give you all of the path. There's so many different ways that could go that I can't necessarily outline those for you but I do love 
following up conversations. So if you have one of those that you're like, I'm kind of stuck, I don't know what to do, put it in Slack, I'm happy to help you with it. Because as much as I just said, I resist following up, I actually really love following up. That's make sense. So if they don't respond, this is where most people just fall off the pace of the earth and the lead ends. However, you have done so much work to get that lead that it's, I love you both and I love myself and I'm still gonna say it's pure idiocy to just let that go because there's, there's nothing after that. Then you have to start completely over with getting new leads and that's a lot of work, right? So seven to 10 days later, I will, if I'm on email, I'll find the email that I sent. I'll forward it with a little note that says something like, hey, I know you're busy. I just want to make sure this didn't get lost. Plus another clear request of how to get back to you. Half the time that works for me. People appreciate, truly, people appreciate being followed up with. They're like, oh, actually I was busy. And I meant to watch that, but I didn't get a chance. And then I forgot. And then my kids were sick and blah, 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 blah. And if we are following up in the first place, they've already said, I want more information. I'm interested. I like what you do. So we're not bugging them at this point. We're being helpful at this point. If they still don't get back to you, here's my next move. A lot of people will, who teach follow-up will say, and just keep sending them emails. That doesn't really feel great to me. So I switch it around a little bit. We've talked about content for her. If they ask some sort of question that could become content, you could put a piece of content out there for her with her with that answer for her. Um, you could promote the piece or the type of commission or something that she was interested in. Um, if she, at some point, did give you the answers to either of these questions. How are you planning to use it or what draws you to it? You can write a piece of content about that. So you're essentially following up through content for that person. And a lot of times what'll happen is they'll see it and then they'll circle back with you and be like, oh yeah, I was interested in that thing. I'm sorry to get back to you. What were we talking about? Something along those lines. The next one, I put five days later. These are all arbitrary. It could be seven days for all of them. It doesn't matter. Um, use a conversation starter in a different platform. Meaning about something other than the thing they were asking about. So if they were asking about one of your prints, Casey, and um, you go find them over on Instagram or Facebook, or I think you use Facebook. You can go see what they're up to and like leave a nice little comment about something they're doing. Or um, let's see, I should open the conversation starters. This is also under relationship marketing. So we can do something to make their day if there's someone that um, you know, wants to be promoted, you could do something that uh, like 
share one of their posts in your stories or something. Um, you could use your love language, whether it's a gift or a thoughtful comment or something along those lines. Um, just say hello, give them a compliment, any of those kinds of ideas. That's a great follow-up. It's like, look. I'm, I'm laughing not just, because my love language is touch. Oh, well, maybe your second love language. Actually, I have. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a lover. I have them all. <laughs> I get you. I, I really do. I, um, my love language is touch too. And my husband is way, way too much. He's not really a toucher. So like my kids, I'm like, no, he's not. Anyway, um, so, and the reason why it's a different platform is because it feels. It just feels different. If you're conversing in email and you go over to Instagram and have a little conversation starter over there that's unrelated to whatever you were talking about in email, it can kind of release some of the pressure on them if they're feeling that, oh, I need to get back to her, but I haven't yet. And then there's just something nice over here. It's like, oh, okay. Like, she doesn't hate me. Like, we're, we're in a something more than just she wants me to buy from her. Okay, and then the last thing, I got this from um, one of my many coaches, her name is Dallas Travers. It's called the off the hook message. You're off the hook. So essentially what it is, it's twofold. It's one thing, hey, you haven't gotten the back to me and that's 100% okay and don't sweat it. So it's, again, it's another one of those releasing moments. Look, if you don't want to buy this from me, it's okay. I'm not going to hold that against you. We're cool. So there's that part of it, but there's also the PS, just in case something happened and you still want more info or you still want to talk about it, let me know. We can make that happen. Which at that point... Usually, usually what has happened through all of these follow-ups is they just haven't prioritized getting back to you. And when they get this, hey, I'm not getting back to you anymore about this. And that's okay. And we're, we've got closure now. They're like, wait, 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 wait. I didn't want closure. I'm still here. I'm still interested. So we got kind of a double whammy there. All that makes sense. Any questions? Love, hate, anything? Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? Yeah, I, I think I'd like a different phrasing for you're off the hook. It feels like you were on the hook. Um, you can use absolutely for any of these. Please make it your language. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what that would be, but I'll put some thought into it and let you know if I come up with something. Yeah, but don't think too hard because, <laughs> because it doesn't matter yet. First, right. we got to get to the number one. That's that's the number one problem to solve. Right. Yeah, and, you, and then you, once we get to number one and then number two, and then once we if we can get to a number five, then we can solve that problem. Okay. And usually but the it, that I get is just like, what's the size or what's the price? It's, and mm -hmm. like making, yeah, I should ask them then out of curiosity, what rush you to please? That gives you, and even if like, if may, sometimes they'll answer this, but then somewhere down the line, 
it'll peter off, but then you have that answer to help know why did they want it in the first place? So you can write content for them. You can say, I know you wanted it for your living room because your father-in-law's in love with fishing. I don't, again, making things up, but like, it just gives you a little bit more to go off of. That's that's the very that's a very important part. Um, so my question is generally something like, "What is it that you want?" Like, I can't help you get something. I can't show you how my program can or can't help you if I don't know what you want. So I need to know what you want. Usually, people are pretty open to. Um, answering questions when they're about themselves. Makes them feel seen and heard, which is uh, really what we're going for is that ethical sales conversation that I'm helping, I'm informing, I'm connecting, I'm not pressuring. That's where, that's where I would want you to go with it. I think it's that like- cold right for you like can we find what's right for you or um to make sure this is right for you i mean i do the same thing with my with when i meet people who are coming to church for the first time I'm like this is not the place for you there's somewhere out there for you yeah art is so um subjective that it needs to be right for you it needs to be right for your particular space so that's that's a really helpful framing for me now that you're talking about it. Um, Good. And this piece might not wind up being right for you, but you'll probably consider me down the road um, if this wasn't the piece because of the way we interacted. 100%. And there might be, you may change this question to, or like this one might be the right one for you. What draws you to this piece? Or I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. why are you interested? I want to, I want to help know if this is the right thing for you or the right product version of the piece that you're interested in, etc. So uh, you might want to phrase your question based on what they ask. I have an, another, I have a follow-up question. The, um, like on my platform, I can see if people put things in their cart and then not Ooh. bought them is, do you do this with that? I think right now- Hold that question. I would love okay. to answer that question. Okay. But just wait for a minute. Um, okay, actually, look, number three, ask yourself, how can I get direct and indirect hand raises for whatever I'm doing? Indirect hand raises is something like, adding to their cart and you know they did but they don't know that you know that they did or it might be um like one of the ones that I use the most is if I write an email promoting a program I have a clickable link I can see who clicks they may not necessarily respond to my question that I'm asking which it would be a direct hand raise hey I'm interested can you tell me more about it but they wanna go click it and they wanna like kinda just test and see. Or it might be um, if you're 
doing a live and someone stays for the whole time. And at the end of the live, you're like, hey, if, if here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm selling. Here's how you can buy it. Ask me this question, whatever it is that you say. That's a direct. But if they stay the whole time, that's an indirect. Does that make sense? Yep. So usually we just look for the direct ones. But when we train ourselves to look for the indirect ones too, we can start to create more leads. So to answer your question, no, I would not go to this. Okay. But what I would do is start that nurturing process with them. Yeah, because the art <laughs> store friends, like when they they like automatically put a thing that emails people like you forgot this in your cart um, as if it's from me. And I don't love that. Um, and I don't know whether to take it off or... I don't love it when I receive it back. Like, Personally, I don't mind it because usually I, well, almost always I put things in my cart and don't buy them because I'm thinking about it. Right. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Um, we could change that language to be something else if you want, if that's something you want to work on at some point. But for now, if I were you, just leave it? Probably leave it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, doo -doo -doo. where is it? Okay, it's here somewhere. Here we go. Okay, so once you see those indirect leads, we're going to start conversations. Use that conversation starter sheet. We're going to make invitations. And we're going to either inform or ask consent, but we're starting up here. So if they added something to their cart, you go find them on Facebook and use one of the conversation starters. That's indirect follow-up, but it's very useful. So a lot of times they'll then go, oh, magic, she showed up over here. Actually, I did have a question for you. Can I ask you a question? And then it all of a sudden becomes a sales conversation. Do you have a question, Monique? Like, would you also do that with complete strangers? Uh -huh. I mean, if they go to platforms, like they don't know you, it, doesn't yeah. it feel a bit like stalking them? They love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> have you ever, I highly doubt that you have because people don't do it, but let's say there's a brand you're following. Let's say another artist hmm. and you've never talked before and she makes beautiful stuff. You're like, Oh God, that's so pretty. And then one day out of the blue, she messages you and says, Oh, your stuff is great. Just wanted to let, give you a little encouragement today and say hello. Would you be mad about that? No, not at all. Obviously not. On the other hand, I did get some message. Actually, an artist is doing it, but it felt really pushy. There was that. What did they say? It was um, it was a messenger uh, message, and it said something like, um, "Hey, I've noticed you like my my art." And here's where you can go and buy it. 
It was like, Whoa. that's very, I don't like that at all. That's a huge turnoff for me. It was because I have, I, I sent him an, I wrote Helner one of his paintings, like, oh, your art is so in, uh, inspiring. Mm -hmm. You can do that. He probably has some success doing that. And that is not how I would sell or tell you to sell. Um, if instead he came over and said what I just said, you would be like, oh, that's so nice. Would you then go, okay, now I need to buy something? Probably not. But if that conversation started happening and maybe there was a little bit of back and forth and you're like, oh, I have this thing coming up. Would you like to come? Maybe they say yes, maybe they say no. But if they are actually interested, what we're doing is we're trying to find the interest and draw it out. Mm -hmm. If there's not interest there, that's okay. We're not going to take it personally. There's a million, no, there's 7 billion other fish in the sea. So would you, if, if like on Facebook, Facebook pages, uh, somebody likes your art a lot, a lot of times, would you go to their private, yeah, to the profiles and make a nice comment or? That's up to you. Um, so think about it like this. When you're scrolling, do you hit the like button because you want to buy something from them? No. Or do you hit the like button because you're like, I want to give them a little boost? Yeah. That's, that's more my style. I don't know. I, I couldn't say for sure what their motivation is, but it's kind of like, I got this comment from someone once. Um, I liked a piece of work of hers and I left a, a nice comment, which I've almost stopped doing because I feel like it's almost more discouraging. But um, she's like, well, if you ever want to buy anything, here's how you do it. Kind of like what that guy said. I was like, well, I just wanted to say that it was really nice. And now I don't really want to follow you anymore. Yeah. And you go like, oh, I don't want to say anymore because then they think I want to buy it and I don't want to make their hopes go up or whatever. Yeah. Right. So I also want to smash that for you guys. If someone leaves you a nice comment, it doesn't necessarily mean they're interested in buying. And that's okay. As long as we, like, if we know that up front, yay. Now, if they're making nice comments and you just kind of get that vibe where I think they might actually be interested, then we're gonna we're gonna start treating them more like a lead. So I think of ideal art buyers and leads slightly differently, and there is overlap. Ideal art buyers are people that I want to nurture no matter what. Hmm. Like I know that they're going to probably become my cheerleader, and I want to be their friend. And like I want to build that relationship. Leads. You're not necessarily going to go through as much trouble to build that relationship. You are going to continue, like, take them through this process and see if there is that interest there that you want to follow up with. But it's not like a, they're staying on my list forever and now I need to talk to them. It's a little bit different. A lot of times, buyers are not ideal art buyers. And a lot of times ideal art buyers are not buyers. And a lot of times ideal art buyers are buyers. So 
I like to categorize things in my head. So I categorize them as leads and ideal art buyers. And a lot of the same treatment, but according to my energy, which is why on this spreadsheet, if you use the spreadsheet, there's a couple different things you could use. But if you use the spreadsheet, I have an energy rating on here. And also, did I change this? I did. So I also put ideal art buyer or lead. So you can filter by. I've got a question. Yeah. I'm not sure it's totally related. Well, I did a little art show in the art market at a friend's place. And mm -hmm. a friend of mine, she really fell in love. You know, the look when somebody, you know, that person is going to buy and she's a friend and everything. And I'm like, should I, should I like interact more on that? Or should I go for a boyfriend and go like, hey, Christmas, do you like really happy? <laughs> I don't know. So you could have gone either way. Um, what I if someone hasn't directly said to me, and I, I think that it's very important to have both of these. One, people saying I'm interested, but two, that asking consent piece. Hmm. You used your intuition, you felt into it, you thought she fell in love with that. She really wants it. She might be scared to talk about it. She doesn't know she can afford it. She might, whatever. At that point, what I would have done or told you to have done is to say, hey. You know that piece, it's for sale. And if you ever want to talk about how you could have it, I'm open, I'm over here. Like kind of that, you hmm. could, you don't have to, but I think just wanted asked, to let you know, I think I see the interest. So I'm willing the, to have that conversation. She did ask for a price, I told her. And, and then what happened? Some distraction. So what I would do is, follow up with her and say, hey, do you know that piece that I had? I just wanted to see if you had any interest in talking about um, mm. making it yours. And if not, that's totally okay. But I thought I saw a little glimmer of love in your eye. And so I just wanted to see before it went anywhere else, if it belonged to you or not. Yeah, that's a nice way of framing it. Selling is not about anything other than speaking the truth. Mm. Like, and here's what I see. That's what I really like how you do it because as it's so scary, I kind of like go to the scary part and forget the mm. concept. Yeah. It's practice. And the reason I pulled this up. Huh? It's this too. Like sometimes you just need to do the limiting belief examiner. I did it for myself the other day. I did it in my journal, but I did it because I was like, I need this. I was doing well, I was doing morning pages. You guys ever do morning pages? Do you know what morning pages are? Um and I started writing and I figured out something that I believed that I didn't know that I believed. And I was like, oh shit, that's been really holding me back. I see it now. 
And once I could see it, then I knew I had to work through it or it was just gonna live there. But it's been really empowering to have that sheet because like, it's only been two or three days since I did it. But every single day I've looked back and I was like, what was my empowering statement? And I read it and all the work that I did kind of flows back into that statement. I can feel it all. So I ended up writing, I get everything I want when I choose it and not before. I'm like, oh, okay. I just have to choose it. And yes, there's some scary pieces around the choosing it, but I don't get it until I choose to have all of it. Um, okay. I have a question about your orbit spreadsheet. Yep. Do you move people on and off it? Um, it just seems like so it might be really overwhelming. I have a lot of people on mine and I also have a hundred people recommendation for ideal art buyer, not more than that. Right. But then there's leads, which I don't necessarily consider ideal art buyers yet. Maybe at some point I will, and they'll get moved up and I'll kick somebody else off. So I have about, probably about a hundred ideal art buyers. And then I've also got referral partners, collaborators, people who are in similar industries to me that I can work with. And I've also got leads and I've also got clients. Which so I'm really bad technical at technical clients and ideal art buyers could be the same. What? I don't know anything about sheets or Excel. Um, mm. So can, can you just like decide you only want to see one type? Yeah. So watch this. I'm going to have a lead. I'm going to have a client. I'm going to have a referral partner. I'm going to have another client. And I'm going to have an ideal art buyer. You can click this thing up here and it sorts it for you. You can say... Um, who like on my list, I have like some people in follow-up after pitch number one. I have some people in thinking about it. I have some people in, um, I, I don't know, whatever. Okay. And then that day I'm like, who do I want to follow up with? We're going to get to this one in two more, but I can sort by current sales conversation and see where am I at with these? And when did I last interact with them? And is it about time to do it again? I've tried so many, so many different ways to do this. Like this is probably iteration number 10 over six years. This is by far my favorite so, so far. Is it's just the simplest. What? Is there a link somewhere to this? Yep. It is under... Identify your ideal art buyers, create your list. There's my three options that I'm giving you guys. There's a Trello board you're welcome to use if you love Trello. Um, there is the master planner list under the, what is it called? Master planner. Um, and then there is the spreadsheet right here. Cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, so let's see, we're in habit number four, ask consent. This one's a really hard one to learn. I'm gonna stop sharing for a little bit. 
But like the example that Monique brought up not too long ago, interested. What do I do? At that point, you got to ask consent. Like if not, you're leaving something on the table for you and you're no longer being helpful. Do you just want to, and thank you for having this conversation already, but do you just want to go up to someone random in your Instagram feed, even if you have a, a relationship with them and say, hey, do you want to buy my thing? No. But if you can see a glimmer of interest, you can go that way. You should go that way. Which I'm gonna kind of merge this with the last one I wrote down. Mm. Another habit, if you wanna think of it a little bit differently, is personal, personally informing people about what you're doing. That's not necessarily the consent asking, but it can lead to consent asking. And it can also lead to referrals. So it could be something along the lines of, I don't know if this is for you, but maybe you know someone who would love it. And here's what I'm, here's what I'm working on. And my goal is to sell three of them this month. And so I'm just putting it out into the universe and seeing if there's any interest. I don't necessarily do that one very often, but if your leads are drying up, it's a good way to go. A lot of these things can be intimidating. And that's why we have to know why it is we're doing this in the first place and why we why it doesn't matter if we get no's because we're going through the no's to get the yeses. I think we're gonna go over that. We are going to go over that in January in money now. So I'm not gonna get too deep into it right now. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six. Number six, have a number six. Leads first. Not, oh, well, I promised myself I was going to do a reel today and I promised myself I was going to spend this much time on this and this much time on that. And then I have to do this and I'll get back to them. Leads first. Business is not a business. If you don't have money coming in and if you are putting your leads at the bottom of your list, your, lead, your money's not coming in. It's just not. I've been writing that on my goals, my planner. Please that's, first. Really, that's really helpful. I just don't have a brain that is able to prioritize easily. Um, it's not easy. And we, we are just living at a time where we have way too much coming at us. Um, so there's prioritization fatigue, but, um, okay. but so that's really, really helpful actually to, to say, given this, this is this amount of time, Here's the thing. Yeah, if you, so I was at my grandmother's last week and I had a couple of calls scheduled that were unmovable. The only other thing that I did was follow up with leads that were in my inbox. 
So I didn't want to spend any more time on work than I had to because don't know if I'm going to see her again. Like I needed to prioritize my grandmother, but also I am also running a business. And even more than that, I have two people that I have to pay. And if I don't pay them, what happens? I don't know. So they go away and then I don't have them anymore. And then I cry. <laughs> so it had to be done. So I didn't spend a lot of time on it, but I did follow up with my leads and I did do my classes that were prioritized. So yes, it is a constant prioritization. And I will also say, I have a lot of people in this group who have some form of ADD, ADHD, like brain, I think it may be kind of an artist brain thing. I don't know that for sure. That's a theory of mine. Um, but it's about creating habits. And in order to create habits, you have to, quoting James Clear from Atomic Habits, you have to change your identity. And your identity is, I am someone who runs a successful business and this is how I do it. Or, um, I don't know, I tend to like to look for words such as I am strong. And that means a lot of things for me. But that's part of the reason why we have that affirmation in here. Like my life is full of nature and magic and choices in space. And I don't get those things. I don't get choices in space unless I have fun coming in to fund my choices and my space. So that becomes who I am. Um, 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 number, I don't know, what are we at, seven? Detach from the outcome by creating a new lead. So when we only have one, let's say one lead in our pipeline, we start getting real squirrely. Do you wanna buy it? Do you wanna buy it? Are you sure? Because I need you to buy it. Please buy it, please. That's not good for you. That's not good for them. So by whenever you have a lead that you need to start following up with, one of your new top priorities is creating a new lead, which I'm gonna talk about here in a second. It's a lot easier to say, just detach from the outcome. Don't care if they say yes or no. That's not that realistic for me. Is that realistic for anybody? I don't think so. So I counter that by creating new leads. Number eight, no means not right now, unless they say, it's just not the right thing for me. If they say, I can't afford it. I can't do it right now. I love it, but it's just not going to work out. I've got all this other stuff. It's not the right time. All those mean not right now. They don't mean, no, I don't want your thing. There's a very big difference there. Can you guys see that? How, no, that's just not the thing for me is different from, I can't right now. And we tend to take the, I can't right now very personally as if it is a rejection and no, that is not right for me. And even if it's not right for them, 
you that is your job. You're being helpful to help them figure out if it's not the right thing for them. But that's two different things. So I say that because the habits there is reopening that conversation by asking consent in six months. So if you're using that spreadsheet, if it says, let's go back. So in the current sales conversation, if they say pitched, not right now, and you have today's date down here, then you can sort by those and know, oh, it's been about six months. I should see, hey, I know it's been a while. Um, any chance you are interested in talking about that thing that you were interested in a while back, but couldn't because blah, blah, blah. Um, but you said, please don't use this script. This is a terrible script. Let me start over. Um, hey, so-and-so, you were interested in that painting for your wall because you said your father-in-law would love it, and but you weren't able to do it because you said blah, 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 blah. Um, just out of curiosity, I still have it available. Any chance you're interested in talking about it again? That was a little bit better. If that's a habit, all these people who, maybe even you got through all the five things or they gave you a, there's a better chance you got some sort of no before you got through the five follow-ups. But those are going to start to stack up. Just leave those and never touch them in. That's a lot of money on the table. I've made a lot of sales by saying something along those lines. You couldn't six months ago, any chance you're interested now. If not, that's okay. I just wanted to touch base. And people really appreciate it. Again, we're not doing any of this with people who haven't said some form of, yes, please tell me more. This is so helpful because I think about all the ways that I can't do things at certain times and then they pop up again. And I do really appreciate the reminder because there's too much coming at me. I won't, I won't necessarily remember, but then there are times where it just feels like it's the right time. And it's so helpful to think about how I would experience that because then my assumptions are on other people about. <laughs> yeah. They're very negative when I think about how I'll be affecting other people. Oh, sure. By reaching out. And I tell myself a lot of stories. That's very easy. We all, we all do that. I have another coach. I'm Rachel Rogers. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. She's yeah. a bigger one. Um, she said, what did she say? Where'd it go? I wrote it down because I thought it was good. Mm -mm. You're worried about other people's pockets over your own. <laughs> Which is very unhelpful. And when you do that, 
you're almost taking away their power and their ability to choose when instead you're just giving them options and information and letting them decide what to do with it. Remember, helpful, inform, connect. Doing all three of them at that point. Um, and then I already touched on the last one. I don't know if this is for you, but maybe you know someone who would love it. Kind of asking for that referral slash asking, do you want more information? Okay, so of those habits, when you find your pipeline drying up, when you prioritize the monthly interactive event, AKA group or personal invitations, I want you to prioritize how can I get direct and indirect hand raises for whatever I'm doing right now? Detaching from the outcome by creating a new lead, which is really the other three that I'm saying sounds kind of redundant. And then the number four, the ideal art buyer personal informs. I don't know if this is for you, but maybe you would know someone who would love it. Can you repeat the last one? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this is for you, but maybe you know someone who would love it. Kind of the double whammy. And I will say, sometimes I am heavier on these habits than other times. Kind of depends where I'm at on that spectrum. The how much money do I like? We always need money, but like, am I getting more on the desperate end for money? Or do I just need to make money, but I want to do these other things and I want to do it this way and I want to do it that way? Like, where are you on that scale? will help you decide how much of this stuff do I need to be doing. And we always wanna be doing it. That's why I'm calling it a habit. But maybe I'll personally tell somebody, one person about it a week, if I'm not in the, oh, I need some money. And if I'm in the, oh, I need some money, I might tell 10 people in a day. So kind of evaluating where you're falling to how much I need to prioritize these lead getting habits. If I can only pick one that you're gonna do every day that I want you to remember, no, two, I have to do two. Write down their names and leads first. That is all my notes. Do we have any questions? Uh, I think I do, but I don't know if Monique, you have any questions. I don't go ahead. Um, when this, if this is not related and we need to talk about it in office hours, just tell me I what, couple things came up for me um when you're working with a referral person like mm -hmm. I one of my goals and intentions for this month was 
it's a nurture, it's the nurture month. So reaching out to people. So I reached out to um, my realtor who is, was the first person to ever buy a painting from me and is constantly encouraging me. Um, do you, I'm meeting with her on Friday if, with the plague has left my house. Um, mm. Is there, you know, when you're working with people, more specific people for collaboration or referral, do you like start out with a uh, suggested partnership or commission or is it just like, I mean, I've never asked her for commission for referring her to other people. How do, I, I, but I have no idea, like I was planning on reaching out to an interior decorator I know as well. Um, and do you have suggestions for like how, um, how you would refer to those people on your list? Sorry, I'm pointing to your list as if you're seeing- No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and then so, how you broach that. For her, yeah. I find it very helpful. And I had hidden this because I was like, I don't know if I want that on there, but now I just decided I did. Mm -hmm. So specific ask. Okay. If you could get one thing from this person, what would you ask them? Like what, what do you want from them in your ideal world? I think I want it to be organic, but what I would, are you, are you asking it rhetorically? Or are you really asking me? No, I, I'm really asking. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I mean, I think when she is uh, selling homes to people and they're like, I have this wall. I mean, I, I will have to get something to go there that she might say, I have a person who I love and is local. Yeah. So I think what my ask would be is, um, first of all, this, this makes it a lot easier to make an ask. First of all, say something along the lines of, is there anything that I can do for you in your business? Like, is there any way that I can help? What do you need? And maybe she says, I'm just looking for more houses to sell. I don't know. And so you say, I will definitely keep my ear to the ground. If anybody comes across my pathway who is looking for to sell their house or buy a house or whatever, um, I'll definitely give them your contact information. Do you have a business card or something you want me to give them that I can hand them? Like, I don't know what. How can you help them? And then also say, and if you don't mind, can I make an ask of you as well? I mean, I already told her why I wanted to have coffee with her. What'd you because say? I, um, I said, I am, I, I probably said I was working with a coach and she invites me to like, she's like, I'm giving away pies at this restaurant. Come, if you want to bring your art, but it's, I've sort of decided it's, that's just not the venue to, to like, it's too much work. And that's not a place where people are going to buy my work, but she's always looking to like, be kind to me and support me. So, and I, I posted something recently and she said, I need a big piece like what you've just shown. Um, so I said, I didn't ask her about the piece for her, but I just said, I'm looking to do larger pieces. Um, and I would prefer to do them for people that, you know, for prearranged 
as we talked yeah, about. Like friends of friends or something like that. Yeah. So I, I'm just wondering about, you know, how to connect with, I said, I, you're, she's a connector. How do I connect with people? And she said, yes. And we can talk about a piece for my house too. Okay. So, so a couple different, couple different things. Um, one, even if you already more or less made the ask, let's still just reinstate it later because it doesn't hurt to be repetitive, then they know it's not, wasn't just like a fly by the seat of my pants thing that I said, like, this is what I'm looking for. If you have any um, leads, I would love a referral kind of deal. Um, two, that's more of a relationship kind of thing, but it could turn into, I'd love to do some sort of collaboration with you, which is like the next level up. So, Come back to that in a second because I'm going to lose my third thought. My third thought was she invited you to a thing with pie and people aren't going to buy art there. Yes, but if you don't have anything else scheduled that month, it could be if you are, um, it's just kind of a visibility activity. You get in front of new people, you get to have new conversations, you can find new ideal art buyers, you can uh, find some new leads. Maybe you're not going to sell anything there. True. But if you have the space and you don't have something else, it's not necessarily a bad thing to go do. Okay. Back to collaborations. Um, do I want to tell you to go there? I don't know. If you, if you go ahead and make that specific ask again, and then also say, hey, is there any, actually, actually, that's what I want you to start with. Is there anything I can do to help you with your business? Because that's gonna give you a clue into what she needs and wants and will prioritize. If she says, I'm trying to get more people to let me sell their house for them, maybe you have some sort of, and again, without thinking this through and helping you brainstorm and come up with a better idea, this is not the best idea, but it's a, a starting place. Maybe you have some sort of event where you um, have like a, are you buying a new house decorating party? Even if like you haven't bought a house yet. So you've got the real estate side of it and you've got the art side of it. And you guys can both invite people and you can bring your people and she can bring her people and you guys put something together like that. And if that was something that you were interested in, we could talk through it more. But um, what I might do is just ask her, first of all, what are you wanting more of in your business? And then say, I, I don't know when I would do this or exactly what it would look like, but do you ever, would you ever wanna do some sort of collaboration together? where we host some sort of event about houses and art. Or it doesn't even have to be an event. It could be like a, if most of the people on your email list are local, I'll send a recommendation for you and you send a recommendation for me or something along those lines. Like there's so many different ways that that could go. Um, I want you to go, if, if that's what you're thinking about this month, it sounds like it is. Um, go to 
right? I've got like a little training on collaborations and different things that you can come up with and how you can talk about it together. So that might be a good one for you to watch. Under the month visibility and then at the bottom, bonus visibility masterclasses and collaborations. Just use that as a starting place and bring all your questions to office hours. Um, but that's a starting place for you. Does that feel like yeah. you know where to go from there? Okay. Anybody else got questions? We got 15 more minutes, so. Okay. Do you recommend sending like an end of the year card or anything? I can't even imagine doing this because I'm just overwhelmed, but um, but I was thinking about like all the people that have bought art for me and how grateful I am for them and you know, I get this from my realtors all the time, my realtor all the time, like she drops off, like they just do things and it reminds yeah. me that they exist. Um, the root of it would be the gratitude. Um, I have a friend named Ivana and I can't even say her last name, um, but she basically teaches some form of relationships to get referrals. Like that's her whole business model. And one of the things that she says is don't send cards or gifts or whatever for birthdays or holidays, like do them at random times because then you're the only one doing it as opposed to in a sea of other people doing it. And if you want to, you can reference that other thing. like. You can make that a January thing that you're going to do and say, I hope you had a really great holiday. And I just wanted to touch base and see like how your new year's going and whatever, whatever, whatever you're going to put in your card. But then you're, it's just much more unexpected and it's more of a surprise and then, oh, that's so nice as opposed to, oh, that's nice. And I've got five more. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Plus, we're busy around the holidays. So I don't have time to yeah. do that. <laughs> There's no deadline. No, like she clearly got her Christmas cards out at Valentine's Day. Yeah. Don't don't send a Christmas card in January, but do send a card. Okay. Um, there is also, if you're using the spreadsheet, I put a place on there for your for addresses. Make it easy. On this spreadsheet, where do you put like specific information? Like, um, as you said, like, um, you wanted this piece because of your father-in-law likes the fishes, whatever. Mm. Like this let's kind of- make an, Let's make another section for you. Right, because it's very relevant and you can't remember what everybody is about or- There. So I'm not, I'm also not really used to Excel. Can you make it's like easy, like, a, like the note as big as you want, or yeah. is that it can grow forever? Cool, and ever and ever. Um, so this is my favorite thing the sorting. 
So you can sort by name, you can sort by type, you can sort by where you're at in your process or your sales conversation. These are the ones that I use, you can change them. So let's say you wanna change this nurture process because this is mine and it's not that useful. I just wanted to have an example. So you wanna change what that says. So I'm gonna just highlight this little column right here. This was actually something else I wanted to go over, but I didn't. Um, and then we're gonna go to data validation. Probably shouldn't delete this, but I'm going to. So we're gonna say maybe the first thing I wanna do to nurture is I want to, and sometimes it's different, like for referral partner bases versus a lead versus an ideal art buyer. So if you wanna differentiate them, you could put like a, an R. So referral partner, first I wanna ask, what does your business need? And then the second thing that I wanna do is I wanna put, make a specific ask. And the third thing I wanna do is highlight their business. And the fourth thing I wanna do is engage their social. And the fifth thing I wanna do is, um, discuss a collaboration. And that's my nurturing process, which you're not gonna follow exactly every time, but it gives you like some sort of not decision, like um, not having to make all the decisions all the time. It gives you some sort of pathway that you can absolutely deviate from, but it's helpful to have that pathway. So maybe then for leads, we're going to answer questions, like just exactly what I said earlier. Yeah. Um, ask a question, clear requests. And then so on and so forth. So actually, after we get up off, I'm going to go ahead and fill that in with the rest of the leads. And then I'm also going to add, like at the end, I put of mine, I put all personal invitation, all group invite, all conversation starter. Inform. So I'll just save that for now. But then we have something that looks like this. And then we can sort by where are we at in this process with people if we so desire to do that. Or we can say, who did I interact with last or most recently? So uh, Casey, you asked earlier, um, what if it gets really long? you do not have to interact with everyone on this list all the time. Sometimes it, a year goes by without me actually interacting with someone on my list and other people on my list, I'm reaching out to weekly and other people on my list once a month and other people every six months. Like that's why we've got this energy rating here and this ability to sort like, what is my priority? Are leads my priority? I'm gonna go to here. Uh, if I don't have any leads, I'm gonna go to here. Um, 
if I've I'm out of ideas. I'm going to go to my last interactions. I'm going to say, who did I reach out to six months ago? And who do I need to re-follow up with? Like, what is the priority in the business right now? And you can use this spreadsheet to help you figure out what to do with it. And with the spreadsheet, can you see like your history of what, what you've been talking to? Unfortunately, no. So, but that can probably go into the last column that you just made. Sure. You can put it in your notes. Um, I will do this for you. Wrap text. What that means is if the text, if the note gets longer than this, it'll just become bigger instead of not being able to read it all. Wonderful. I have, mine's a little bit more complicated and I still haven't got it working exactly. But my goal is every time the date changes, I use this tool called Zapier for a lot of things. So um, every time the date changes, then it's supposed to, it's not working yet, uh, create a note in my email platform under that contact and say, here's what happened last. Haven't got it working yet, but that's the goal. <laughs> so yeah, so you kind of have a history of what have I done? When did I do it? Because I do think that's useful. I think the spreadsheet can really help to get those that habits going. It's just information floating out there that you have to try to remember. That's a word. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. That hurts. It hurts my head. So, okay. So I'm going to go finish, finish filling in the leads on that nurture process for you because I think that that would be useful or on the sales conversation um up to my friend asking you do you want to talk about the artwork yes so when you're looking at this under Can relationships one bit bigger the the spreadsheet is still there you go there really we're prioritizing our things for the day right under relationships if the thing you write down is go ask my friend about the piece that she fell in love with you are winning mm -hmm. like if you can come up with something specific like that every day especially if it's from your lead yeah. you get two thumbs up yeah Sometimes I will put like 20 minute Pomodoro. Do you know what that is? You set a timer for 20 minutes and you do one activity. So I'll say 20 minutes of uh, following up with leads in my spreadsheet or 20 minutes of following the nurture process in my spreadsheet. Like if I don't have a specific thing, that's a, I mean, that's a perfectly acceptable one to write down too. But yeah. So, I guess I'm gonna go do that. And then I have content to make today. Today's my content day. Woohoo. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Um, just out of curiosity. Would you or would you not 
when uploading this workshop, would you cut off the last 30 minutes or would you leave it? I mean, I always benefit from hearing specific examples because um, they're not, I'm not special, you know, <laughs> like we all have things that intersect. So yeah, I agree on that. I'd probably, though it seems like you generally leave the stuff. Um, oh, you've, you seem to have frozen. Oh, there we are. Something happened. Um, you benefit from specific examples. Yeah. I mean, it, and it seems like you generally sort of have left the stuff. Um, so it makes for maybe a less polished um, end result. Mm -hmm. But also, I think people don't generally get how helpful it is to hear specific examples. I told you that when I was thinking about joining said listening to the yeah. podcast was really helpful because I'm not in the same boat as a lot of these folks, but hearing it's he, hearing the way you coach others helps me self-coach. Um, same here. Absolutely. Yeah. It keeps pausing on me, but I got the gist of it. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you, you like, you like the extra I was stuff. brilliant. You were brilliant. I, everything up until it paused on me was brilliant. <laughs> okay well ladies i want to say you. thank you for showing up because i could teach this to a screen but it's just not as fun so i really appreciate you guys coming i thank want to you. say i'm so sorry i wasn't there for jessica's thing it's okay hey you know what we ended up it ended up being good because we talked about the the problems with it just not being marketed really well and we went through like we talked about some stuff and we're maybe going to do a collaboration and um, we came up with some topics for the next couple of ones so we really were able to kind of streamline it more so it it, it ended up being really productive so it's all good yeah I don't want to dis disencourage her because it, the first one when I listened to it it really gave me quite a few eye openers. So do tell she's me. She's kind of a genius, and we agree on everything. And she's just more on the the fine art side of it, and I'm just more on the marketing side of it. So I just I really feel like she is a huge asset to this group, and I'm not giving up on it yet. Is there something that was recorded and left over, or did you all just wind up? Um, we ended up not sharing it, but there was a little bit of the recording that I'm going to cut out to promote the January thing. Okay. So you'll, you'll get a snippet. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Bye you. ladies.